Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany, and we're More Than a Season podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We haven't done one of these in a while. We were just talking about it. We've been on the move. We have. We are so thankful you're here. If you are new, welcome to our podcast. We talk about all things within the significant other realm with the sports industry and of course we bring on different topics and we kind of dive into different things here or there that aren't in the sports industry Mm -hmm. just to give us a little bit of a perspective that we might not have known before. What have you been up to before we kick it off with that? Oh my gosh I feel like it's been a whirlwind. We were in Boston for a week, Texas for a week, and California for a week. (laughs) We were just you know Moving around the country, I feel like, just for no reason. We wanted to go and visit family and kind of, you know, take advantage of our time off. And we wanted some good weather, so that's why we went to California, because everywhere else was really hot. Yeah, you went around the world in 30 days, yeah, basically. Yeah, we did. <laughs> it was fun. What'd y'all do? We went from Mississippi to Texas, Texas to Colorado, And then back to Texas, and then I came back here for three days and took off for an event to Park City, and me and Elevation, I am just on the struggle bus with Elevation. Does it ever affect you? Yeah, it does. I actually had, like, when I had gone to Utah when I was younger, I was playing in a softball tournament, and I literally, like, in the middle of the game had to be taken to the hospital because it was, like, the Elevation, like, affects my anxiety Mm-hmm. really bad and so I was like about to pass out and so they like took me to the emergency room or whatever but it was, it's crazy yeah it was crazy you. all of the people that were at the event they were from Florida so they were struggling like total polar opposite so it took like days for people to get the hang of it but at the event I do have a funny story we had the brothers Osborne like country yeah. band come for one of the events at night and the way that this uh, hotel the layout of it is it opens up like the balconies open up to the mountain and then that's where the stage was so there was this crazy lady like that was so angry the band was having to do sound checks and so she was screaming off the top of her balcony like cut the cord like cut it out and everyone could hear her and one of the brothers from brothers osborne was like lady it's not gonna happen he said that on on the (laughs) mic and so at the end of the night like whenever the concert would like actually happening we were laughing because that lady was like on her porch watching the concert. We were like, are you serious? <laughs> Long story, <laughs> but I had to share this. We talked to the security guard that's like on property and this lady apparently lost her mind like a couple weeks prior and a wedding was happening on property and she went and took scissors and cut the extension cord to the speaker. So this lady had a bad rap, but does she live there? <laughs> yes. It's like a residency spot, oh. like in the hotel. I was like, but she just still, I was like, that is bold. So anyway, long story short, had to share that because I was like, crazy. people are nuts. I know people are nuts. I love it. I love to see, <laughs> I love to see all the crazy people. We were at, we stayed at my grandpa's house and we were joking around because 
you know it's expensive hotels are so expensive right mm-hmm. now and flying is expensive and so we were staying at my grandpa's house and we were both in like twin beds and Drew was like <laughs> I literally feel like we're at summer camp I was like me too this is he's like it's kind of fun huh I'm like yeah sure so it's been good to be back and like be in a king-size bed so it's I'm been just good. imagining Drew like elf like hanging yeah. out of the bed like a twin bed yeah it was well and we were in the attic too which is so funny because I don't know it's it's like my childhood so yeah. like I don't think anything weird of it but I forgot like he's tall and so like everyone in my family it was like everyone asked him like did you fit up in the attic like did you have to duck you know and there's like two bathrooms at my grandpa's house one is on like the main level and then one's like down in the cellar it's a very like old old yeah. old house you know my brother was taking a shower in one of the bathrooms and so Drew was like was there another bathroom like yeah it's down in the cellar and like you should have seen him trying to go down in the cellar like this was literally like elf like it was so comical like he was like trying to go down the cellar he's like keep going I'm like yeah you gotta keep going it's down there (laughs) keep ducking your head keep going yeah like I have to duck my head to go in the cellar so like you can only imagine I'm 5'4 he's 6'3 that's normal in those houses yeah up there that's totally normal it's so crazy yeah but we're so glad y'all are here this episode today is one that hits home because our girl Sydney was here Mm -hmm. um and she is all things softball completely Yes. yes she is a stud and she is a professional softball player right now and her husband is a strength coach for football in Florida so she was at Mississippi State now they're in Florida And she just has a really cool perspective on being able to follow her own passion and getting to do the thing that she loves while also supporting her husband. And the mutual respect that they have for each other is just so inspiring. Yeah, she does a great job and we won't waste any more time. So hang tight and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, Playmakers. Hello. We are excited about this episode. We have somebody that we actually had at a school with us. And not only is she a football coach's wife, but she's also in the softball industry. So we won't spoil anything. We'll toss it on over to her. Let her get introduce herself. Hi, everybody. My name is Sydney Little John Watkins. And I'm in the football industry. My husband's in the football industry. He's a strength conditioning coach for football at Florida. Then I'm a dietitian for football at Florida. And I also, like you said, play professional softball. So I'm just a little all over the place. Yeah, you guys are busy. I feel like that's so hard because I mean, everyone that's listening to this podcast knows like what it's like to be in the sports industry as a significant other. But then you throw your own passion. And that's a lot of time, a lot of commitment and traveling all over the place. So how do you guys balance each other's schedules? It is a lot. And you know, we found a few days where Alex wasn't doing too much. And then, you know, it was our first set of games with athletes unlimited. So he actually got to come up here for a few days, which I was not expecting because as we all know, football camp starts either for some schools, it's this past week for us, it's this upcoming week. So him being able to come up here was super awesome and to meet everybody. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, for us, it's just, at least for me, he is so supportive of me and my dreams and my passions. And of course, you know, whenever we got married, it was, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. Cause I'm a hundred percent committed. You know, if that means I'm sacrificing my career, if I'm having to make those types of adjustments, you know, that's fine. And, you know, we decided that from the get go. So I think it was us setting 
those boundaries, those expectations, whatever you call it, and then him still allowing me to pursue my dreams and passions and allowing me to do that as well is kind of how we've made it work. And, you know, they say happy wife, happy life. So you know, <laughs> I'm happy doing what I want. And he's happy and we're both happy. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. I do just want to process that, though, because you are super athlete. So you have done a bunch. I want you to dive into a little bit of how you got started in the softball industry. And that is huge for you to come to that decision of, you know, hey, I'm willing to sacrifice all of this so that you can pursue your dreams. And I think that it's just kind of ironic, though, that you still are getting to do what you want to do, even though you said that that was the plan in the beginning. So let's rewind a little bit and talk about softball. I want to hear how that passion got started. Yeah, well, I will say to preface this and you you know anybody could ask Alex this I'm extremely persistent <laughs> so, but you know I played softball at col- in college at the University of Alabama and then I graduated in 2017 and I thought that was it I thought I was done I was you know determined to be a businesswoman and then I got started in that the whole athlete identity crisis <laughs> hit I didn't know what I was doing I was like what is this real life like it just is not what I pictured it to be and then you know, a few years pass and we've moved states four times. And it's just one of those things where softball has continuously found its way back into my life, not necessarily me seeking it out, but just opportunities coming back. And, you know, whenever something presents itself so many times to you, you're like, okay, like, is this something that's meant to be like, I've denied it so many times, so I may as well go and try it. So, you know, it started out with a commentating for SEC network and then I had the opportunity last year, y'all remember going to play in Italy and with the Netherlands team. And that was actually after tryouts with Athletes Unlimited last year. And I, I did not do well at tryouts. I, I really just fumbled the bag. It was not good. I really messed up. So I was just happy for the opportunity to go play in Europe. And then I was actually supposed to go play there again this year for a few months, but with us moving again, that kind of threw a wrench in it. And that was okay. You know, that's, again, that's something that Alex and I talked about, you know, and I, I didn't want to leave and go be in another country while he's moving. Yeah. No, <laughs> there's no telling what would get left at the house and what would get packed and what would not. <laughs> Even though that didn't work out, the opportunity still came to kind of go with Athletes Unlimited. You know, we started with AUX, which was like a mini season and one of the girls who played softball at Florida, who was working at Florida this past year, her name's Amanda Lorenz. She's plays for Team USA, you know, went to Tokyo Olympics. Like she's amazing. And she's in Gainesville where we're at. And so we had just kind of connected just, you know, softball players, like we always knew of each other, didn't really know each other. And then she was like, Hey, you know, are you, are you still interested in playing? And I was like, well, yeah, it just kind of didn't work out. And she's like, well, we're doing AUX. We need a few other pitchers you know, how, how about you come play with us? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, you know, and it was just for a few weeks. And while I was there, I told everybody, like, I want to use this as a tryout because they were having an open tryout at the end of AUX in San Diego. And so I made it known that I did want to try out whether that be using my performance at AUX as my tryout, or if I actually needed to participate in the one day tryout. And, you know, luckily they could use the performance. And with that, they offered me a spot for Athletes Unlimited Championship Season 3. And so that's how we got here. And again, I'm just, I'm very lucky that 
Alex is super supportive of my goals and aspirations. And then also my workplace environment was super supportive and knew that this was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So, you know, it's one of those that it may not work out in one aspect, but I do believe that, you know, everything works out how it's supposed to. So being patient with it is something I'm still working on because I'm not patient in any part of the word, but worked out this time. Yeah. I love the way that you put that though. It's just like sometimes something just keeps presenting itself in your life and then you kind of dive into that because you know that it's meant to be for you. And sometimes things don't work out, but they work out in a different aspect. And I think that's so important, especially in this industry. And I also am just like, I'm laughing to myself because I feel like tryouts are so intimidating it's like taking a test right like you might know all the information but you go to a test and you're like I'm completely blanking so I want to talk about like your season so for people that don't know softball can you explain like what the season looks like and what Athletes Unlimited is to people that maybe don't know so Athletes Unlimited is kind of a new way to look at sports and the sports that they have right now are all female-based sports it's softball volleyball lacrosse and basketball And softball was their very first sport. So it's kind of a really cool way to kind of see it grow. And it's played differently. It's, I guess I would compare it to like a fantasy football because every week, so we're here for five weeks and every week we're drafted to a new team. And how that team is determined is a point system that we all play by. So like pitchers, like every out I get is plus four points. And every inning we win as a team is plus 10 points, but every earned run that I give up is minus 10. So you got to be careful. And then (laughs) for hitters, if you hit a home run, it's 40 points, you know, so there's all this different point system. And at the end of each week, whoever are the top four on the leaderboard are the captains of the next week's team. And so on Mondays, like later today, we'll have a draft. We go through a whole draft process, which I mean, I've never really seen for softball. So that's really cool. And it's, I didn't know how it was going to work as far as, you know, everybody being invested in a team, because it does kind of bring this individual component to Mm -hmm. softball. Softball is a team sport and, you know, you're for the team, but honestly, it's better than I expected because of course, everybody is motivated by money because every moment counts and you know softball players we can't exactly make a living off of professional softball so every amount of money that we can get we're like yeah points let's do it you know and it also adds another aspect to the game whereas like if your game's not going well you can fight for the little things like okay we win one inning you know we'll get some points or you know that so it adds that and it makes it super competitive and really where people gain the most points are the team wins because you get like a a hundred points at the end of that game, you know? And so I didn't know how it was going to work. I was a little iffy about it, but it actually works out super well and adds a really competitive aspect to it. And I think it's kind of cool that, you know, it's really ran by the players. We do have facilitators that kind of help with the substitutions, you know, they'll coach third base, but they're not our actual coaches. So the person who's actually making the substitutions, making the lineups are the team captains. So it is player ran, and, you know, I haven't been a captain yet. I don't know if I am decisive enough <laughs> to ever be a captain, if that were ever to roll it's around. A lot of pressure. I, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, I, everybody's like, oh, who do you want to hit? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you? <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a really fun and great environment. And then there's 60 athletes total. And then so there's whatever that is divided by four on each team. And 
again, it's super competitive. These are the best athletes in the world. In the lineup, it's in college, it's the batters that you circle like, okay, we need to stay away from this hitter. Well, that's everybody in the Mm -hmm. lineup. It's an adjustment, but it's super fun. And, you know, getting to play with all these women and just being surrounded by an empowering environment, you know, them setting goals for you, you being able to accomplish them for yourself, even if you're struggling one week, like they still have your back. So it's really nice to be back in that team environment. And then we do a lot of stuff off the field too. So we have a athlete causes program where mine is my cause is King Wolf Animal Sanctuary. So at the end of the season, based on my bonus from like leaderboard, win points, all those, our directors and everybody else will half match that and donate that much money to our cause. So every athlete has a cause that they play for. So it's a really cool way, you know, to also get invested in something that you're passionate about. And I know the people on the podcast don't know, but y'all know how much I love animals and mm-hmm. how everywhere I go, mm-hmm. I end up being everyone's dog sitter, house sitter. And so <laughs> King Wolf Animal Sanctuary has been a really great cause for me. And just giving another aspect to play for something bigger than yourself. And so they do a really great job here. And then of course, each week we have this presentation called Player Suite where all the athletes will come together and we have those deep conversations about you know, racial inequality and then, you know, whatever's going on. Like last week it was life as a pro. And then it's just navigating those difficult conversations, those crucial conversations in a group that is super supportive and not judgmental. So it opens opportunity for people to speak and have a voice and be heard. And also for people who may not know things about certain communities or certain groups you know they're able to learn and ask questions and just really grow as a person here that's so cool that is really neat I'm just soaking this all in because I'm like you work full-time too so I have no idea how you balance all this and then you work as well and then you were overseas and I just I feel like that would just be so much time commitment and you are passionate about it so I know that it would pay off in the long run but with that you say that you're surrounded by all of these top players. How did you keep confidence in your ability? Because I feel like if you get to the seat, you have a seat at the table, you're surrounded by all these people, it could become a little bit intimidating. So how did you find confidence in yourself to know that, hey, I'm here too. And this is the industry that I have fought to be in. Yeah, it is extremely intimidating. And again, going up against these lineups is really hard. And, you know, all of my team this week we were all rookie pitchers and in our games it's like every rookie pitcher struggled the first inning that they were in and then got through it and then they were good so it's it's intimidating for everybody and everybody coming in I'm lucky that I had the mini season AUX to prepare a little bit because coming into the full champ season without you know any preconceptions or anything would have been a little bit tougher but Everybody here knows that you deserve a seat at the table because who recruits you is the player executive committee. And that's, that's all players. So you're recruited by the group. And so knowing that it's like, yeah, you get a seat at the table and they wanted you there. So Mm -hmm. that helps. And then for me, what has helped is, you know, like for instance, AUX, I did really great. Here, I'm, I'm struggling just a little bit, you know, I'm getting death by a thousand paper cuts, everybody's getting all these little singles and I'm like, stop it. Just don't. Yeah. I think it's just not putting the expectation and that pressure on yourself. And mm-hmm. that's so much easier said than done. And I have to remind myself every time I'm out there, every time I'm warming up is like, 
don't set an expectation that you have to be the best pitcher out on the field. And of course, being an elite athlete, that's what everybody wants to do. So it's, it's really hard not to set that expectation, but these games, the way they change is so fast. I mean, if you put that expectation on yourself, you can go into a game and be down five runs in a blink of an eye. And you're like, how did I get here? So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, really focusing on taking everything one pitch at a time, one breath at a time. One of the girls here, it's actually her last season. And, you know, she, her mentality is I'm just going by every 24 hours, every 24 Mm -hmm. hours. If it's not a good day, then that's okay. The next 24 hours is going to be better. And so it's a lot of having a short-term memory and just knowing that like, if you have a bad outing, that's just, you're one step closer to your next good outing too. And that that's not only for pitchers, that's hitters as well. Cause you know, some days these pitchers are so good too. You're not going to see the ball and then you'll get hot for a couple of weeks and everybody's like, wow. And you're like, I can't miss anything. I'm hitting everything. This is great. And then, you know, you go back to where you're not seeing the ball as well. So it's a roller coaster. Softball is a game of failure. You just kind of got to ride the wave. But I think what really helps is just not setting that expectation and not putting that extra pressure on yourself. Because again, you earned that seat at the table and they want you there. Mm -hmm. So I think there's comfort in knowing that as well. That's such a good perspective to have like, you know, those people around you that are also motivating you. And it seems like such a good group of women that you're not only focusing on the game, like you're focusing on real life issues and you can have that different perspective too. So I want to talk about you going overseas and playing because I feel like that's such a unique perspective. A lot of people don't get the opportunity to do that. And I'm sure that there was a lot of differences and you had like some culture shock and some things like that too going on. So can you explain like what even got you to that position and how it was like when you went overseas? Yeah, so how that even came about was, you know, the softball world is so small. So everybody networks and people found out that I was pitching again, even though I didn't make Athletes Unlimited at tryouts. That's how people found out I was I was back in and that I was trying to play. And so at that time, after tryouts, I had people reaching out to me about playing in the European Cup. And, you know, some of the teams reached out and I was like, no, no, no. And then uh, Roof, which is the team that I did play with, they are a team from the Netherlands. They reached out and, you know, said I could have a travel buddy. And unfortunately, I couldn't take Alex with me because that was right during football camp. But, you know, my mom has never been to Europe, so I got to take her with me, which was great. And she's always wanted to go to Europe. I think she had a little bit more culture shock than I did. <laughs> I had been to the Netherlands previously, but you know, it just was an opportunity that I was like, you know, like I didn't know what was going to be at the end of that. So I didn't know if that was going to be my last bout playing softball. And I was like, I don't want my last go around to be a tryout. You know, I want to go play. So it was just an opportunity that was it was too good to be true. And, you know, the expenses were covered. And so I was like, you know what, it's for a few weeks, I can do that. So let's go. And we went to the Netherlands first. So luckily for me, you know, I have a fear of plain bathrooms. I've never been in one and I'm terrified of them. I don't know why. Never? I've never been in one. And so oh, that wow. flight is only like eight or nine hours. So, you know, I can dehydrate oh my myself a little bit and I'm good. <laughs> and so... I did that. And, you know, it's pretty much a direct flight. Like my mom and I flew right out of Dallas straight there. And so that was nice. And one of the reasons that I picked the nether, like the Netherlands team is because I knew some people on there previously from whenever Alabama softball went and played over there. 
Um, so it was a familiar area to me. And I knew a lot of girls on that team. I didn't know them, but I knew in the Netherlands culture, a lot of people do speak English and it's, mm-hmm. it's not an issue. So in softball, there's several girls that go play in Japan and you know, that's, that's where the money is. And that's where like some of the best teams are. And it's great. I personally, you know, I would love to go play over there, but I don't know how hard that would be because hardly any of the girls speak English. Like you have a translator with you the whole time. I do not know the least about (laughs) Japanese or hard language to learn too. (laughs) And so I, again, I just knew that about the Netherlands. And so that was like a comfort, like, okay, like I'll be able to communicate with the team. Again, I know most of the teams that reached out to me, they for sure would have made it work. It's just, I had already known that about the Netherlands. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what made that decision for me. And also since my mom was going to be going with me. So, you know, we get over there and I really like the Netherlands. If I didn't live in the States, that's probably where I would want to live just because there's so much sustainability in place you know not a lot of people drive cars not you know it's a lot of biking a lot of walking a lot of public transportation it's just so beautiful the food is so good it's everything is local grown it's fresh and you know we just we had a great experience all the teammates acted as our tour guides and we got to go to Belgium we went to all these different towns in the Netherlands and then whenever we went to the actual Euro Cup it was in Butrio Italy so we got to go to Venice for a day. And of course, my mom, she's a shopaholic. So the whole time before the trip, she's like, I don't know what you're planning on, but I'm planning everything for Venice. I'm doing everything for Venice. And I was like, mom, don't overlook the Netherlands. though. like, it's so pretty. You're going to love it. And she's like, I don't care about that right now. All I care about it's Venice. And then we, and she's like, oh my God, the Netherlands. <laughs> but, you know, we get to Venice, we have a day with the team and you know, I got to practice with them for a couple of weeks. So it was really nice to bond with them. There were some, not necessarily like language barriers, but like there was some words that sounded familiar in English and that was not the same meaning. Like, I think they were saying like one at one point, they were like one, 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 like throw the ball to one. And I was supposed to be throwing home. And I was like, what? And they're like, oh no, that means like, it was something similar, oh, where I, oh. but I picked up on it and it was interesting because, you know, there would be some times where my teammates were all talking and I'd be sitting in the group and they'd be speaking in Dutch. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh shoot, sorry, we forgot you were his- here, Sid, like, we'll speak in English. And I'm like, how do you just switch like that? Like, you know, it makes me feel for lack of better words, I just felt so ignorant. I was like, am I like, I don't know any other language. I need to be better, you know, but that team, they were so great. And especially like during that time, because my, my confidence was down softball wise, but you know, I was just there to have fun and, you know, they really rallied around me. They allowed me to be myself, you know, as a pitcher, you know, pitchers are weird and awkward (laughs) and, and I completely embraced that. And they just really, went along with it and you know we got the bronze medal at the cup and I don't think they had done that like that that was the first time in as long time that any team from the Netherlands has medaled in the European Cup because usually it's the Italian teams and so being able to compete with them for that and you know get that next milestone was super fun that team was that team was awesome and you know I still talk to some of the girls and they are just great definitely lifelong friends and just an experience that I will never forget. And again, I, I loved it so much. I wanted to go back and play, but 
that didn't work out and that's okay. But I mean, it was an overall just amazing experience. That's so cool. That is cool. I'm just giggling because I would be so confused if they were speaking another language and me trying to understand what I'm supposed to be doing. I would be completely lost. So yeah, it's one of those that you sit there and you're like, I mean, do, do I get up and leave? But is that rude? But like, I literally have no idea what's going on. So I just, you know, you just are kind of like, okay, I'm <laughs> going to sit here and not do anything. <laughs> Somebody will pick up on it that I don't know what's going on in a second, hopefully. Did you like pick up on the language at all? Like while you were there? Yes, there there was some and they would teach me some sentences and, you know, like how to ask for a coffee. And <laughs> of course, they taught me some cuss words, you know. <laughs> the important things. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome experience, though. And we're so grateful that you could share that because watching it through social media and just things that you had posted, it looked like an experience of a lifetime. And then when you come back to the States, you have the time zone difference and then thrown back into football world a little bit. So with that, what's something that you've learned being a part of the football industry from your first couple seasons? Uh, Sleep is important. (laughs) Especially adjusting time changes, like even going from whenever I'm done here, like I'll have to go from central time to Eastern time. And I know that's only an hour, but for me, a lot because I'm very regimented on my time schedule. So that's going to be a struggle. But I think definitely communication is something that is big between Alex and I just, you know, not even necessarily like I don't need to know what he's doing all the time, but I do like to know the schedule of like, are there recruits next weekend? The day after a game, do y'all have workouts, stretch and stride? Like what is going on as far as football requirements? Just so that way, you know, you can plan out that time to spend with them. And, you know, knowing that, you know, camp is about to go on in the start of season. Not that I like don't want to bother him. I mean, he's my husband, so I'm going to bother him <laughs> with whatever I want. But just, you know, being able to be patient during that time, knowing that like, his schedule is crazy and the hours are long, the days are long. So if it's where maybe Alex doesn't wash the dishes one night, I'm not going to poke and prod that one because I know he's tired. And yeah. you know, just things like that, just being aware of what's going on and the season that we're in. And just for me, it's being able just to calm down and know that like everything is going to, it's going to be okay. Cause I mean, you guys know in the football world, especially towards the end, it always, the coaching carousel happened and that's the most stressful time of year. Everybody's like, oh, I love Christmas. And I'm like, I love it too, but at least I want to know like what's going on. (laughs) But I think being present in the moment, whether it's, you know, I can go eat. Luckily we do work in the same place now. So it's like, we can go eat lunch together. And, you know, even if it's with all the strength coaches, you know, that's fine because that's time that I do get to spend with him. We get to be in each other's presence. And then being able to balance that. And then of course with the dogs too, you know, making sure they get enough love. That's something that, you know, I get concerned about, especially whenever we're gone for 12 hours a day or even more, I'm like, Oh my gosh, are they, you know, do they know that we're still here that we love them? You know, but at the, I think communication is a huge part and just again, being patient and just being in the present moment, mm-hmm. enjoying every little thing that you can, whether it's like on a, Friday night, we get to go get ice cream. You know, that's, that's one of our things we love to go get ice cream. So even if that's only 20 minutes, it's just like, okay, like, we get to do our thing and then go home and, you know, just taking those extra little steps and enjoying every little moment, celebrating the little victories, whatever that may be, it's super important, I think. 
Yeah, for sure. I think being in the moment is one of the things that a lot of people struggle with because it is that mentality of, okay, what's next? What's next? Like, am I moving? Am I going here? Like, you want to know all the things and it's just one of those industries that's just so frustrating sometimes because <laughs> you don't know anything. So yes. I know that you and I have talked about this before too. Like we both have anxiety and I know yes. that you vacuum. Can, yes. Do you feel comfortable yes. talking about like your anxiety a little bit and kind of how oh, that absolutely. and how like you have dealt with that, especially now being like away from your routine and away from like, I know that that helps a lot with anxiety sometimes. So how have you kind of dealt with that in this period that you're in right now? Yeah. So I would be the first one to say that medication is not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, sure. people are afraid of it. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just need a little help and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Especially with someone that has our schedule in the industry and a lot of things are out of your hands like you can't you can't control how you react like you can control how you act but sometimes you can't control those inner reactions yeah and how your body reacts to things and so you know it's okay to find that help it's okay to take medication it's you know it's okay and so for me I do have a little vacuuming thing but <laughs> I can't do that in the hotel so I know. I other ways because we're an extended stay hotel but I think whenever we were in Starkville, there was a point where within a year I went through four vacuums because, you know, I like to vacuum multiple times a day, especially during COVID. I don't know what it was, but I was vacuuming like twice a day. Like that was just my thing. I was like, I'm getting this house clean. There's no dog hair. Between having a German shepherd and a border collie and then me with my long hair, Alex is like, I'm not, I don't partake in this. Like, what is your problem? So I would vacuum, you know, once or twice a day and I would just run over stuff. So I went through like four vacuums. Um, so that's my record and I'm proud of it. But, you know, here at Athletes Unlimited, I will say they do have resources for us. They have a wellness team with mental health counselors. We have an app called Task Human that we have access to if there's people we need to talk to. And, you know, I'm a big believer in talking to somebody on the outside who's not involved in your life whatsoever. So that way they can provide, whether it's a clear perspective or just hear you out on things that most people would be like, oh, no, 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 you need to do this. It's like, no, just hear me out. Like I yeah. just, I need to get it off my chest and they don't have a dog in the fight. So it doesn't matter. Um, I think that's super important. And also I'm very much a routine person. So trying to find a routine throughout the day, because obviously this is a lot of change. I'm not the best at dealing with big changes like this. You know, I was previously diagnosed with adjustment disorder, so I do have trouble with that. And so it's one of those things where like, I, everywhere I go, I try to do stuff to make it like home. Like I brought my weighted blanket to help me sleep a little bit better because, you know, sleeping with my husband who is a large man, like I'm used to having something in the bed and now there's nothing. So I'm like, Ooh, I have all this space to move. And it's like, that's not the best for my sleep. Yeah. Then getting in a routine, like I'm, I try to wake up and go to the gym every morning, even if I'm not lifting weights every day, just even riding a bike for 20 minutes, just to get my body moving. It's part of the routine and sticking with it makes me feel a lot more, you know, in control Mm -hmm. and in control of the circumstances, because there are a lot of things I don't have control over. And, you know, that's a battle of my mind is like, okay, I need to control what I can control and whatever is out of my control let it be. Yes. Mm -hmm. And again, they provide a lot of resources for us around here for that, especially, and that's, that's super nice since I can't vacuum the hotel room every day. (laughs) I know. I was like, how are you doing it without your vacuum? I did bring a lot of cleaning stuff though. So I I do like clean and, you know, make my bed every morning (laughs) as soon as I get up, but you know, it, they provide a lot for us and I'm very thankful for it because it's helped me. 
Um, and then I think it's stuff that will help me whenever I get home as well, especially getting into a new routine mm-hmm. as I get home too. And, you know, I work long hours whenever I get back as well. So it's just finding that balance of doing something that makes me feel comfortable and makes me feel happy and fulfilled. And then also doing what other people need me to do. Yeah. But it's, it's finding those little ways to fit those things in there throughout the day. Yeah. And with your significant other, I feel like anxiety is one of those things that they have to grow with you in, in a, in a sense of how best to operate your day-to-day household. Brittany and I talk about it all the time just because we're trying to communicate with your significant other, but you don't get that much time. But then this is something that you will be with that is a part of you always. And so how you best operate your home is super important. So how has Alex supported you in this or what tips could you provide so maybe someone's significant other they could gather these tips and help in their home as well yeah and you know I'm very lucky that he's super supportive and he he knows me extremely well so you know Leo our German shepherd he's also an emotional support animal I've got like the therapy notice it's not like a fake thing so I don't have to not pay the pet fee like it's it's a real thing and Leo knows my tics for anxiety. And whenever I was getting him trained to me, of course, I think everybody needs a dog, but like, I feel like that was a really great moment for Alex and I, for him to learn more about my anxiety and what my tics are. Of course it sounds crazy, but I don't care. It's it, it, I am who I am, but I pull out my hair and I know that it sounds crazy, but you know, whether it's yeah. picking hands or like, I feel like a bald spot, like I will, I will pull out my hair yeah. whenever I super anxious or my eyebrows. And then too, like I, I rub my legs a lot, you know, I pull at my clothes. It's like, I always start fidgeting with my hands. And so whenever we were training Leo for that, Alex was kind of like, I didn't know you do that. And so it was a good opportunity for him to learn those for me. And, and I'm, I'm pretty vocal about when I'm stressed mm-hmm. and when I have a lot of things going on, I am extremely transparent and I believe in a relationship and as someone who does have anxiety and things like that, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be transparent. Don't get me wrong. Your significant other is probably amazing. And don't get me wrong. I think Alex hung the moon, but he can't read my mind. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not communicating those things, there's no way he can help me. And then you get into the circle of like, well, then you don't really know me. Like if you can't see these things, you don't know me. And it's like, you're placing fault and blame where it has no business being. And, and I've done that and I've, I've learned that from experience. And so for me, it's being vulnerable, being transparent and communicating during those stressful seasons, whether it's I'm stressed with my job, whether it's family stuff going on, I try to really communicate with that with him. So that way, one, he knows what's going on in my mind. He knows that I have, you know, all these voices in my head telling me all these different things. And then he also can notice my tics Mm -hmm. and notice those things to whether it's more of him just being aware. And, you know, I don't want it to be something where he, during those times, he feel like he has to walk on eggshells, but more of like, he can have those conversations with me. And and he's, he's really good about that. He's really good about reading, reading into those. And then, you know, he's the type of person he, he won't dig too much. And so that's been something we've adjusted where I'm like, Hey, you know, if I, if I am seeing the, these things and, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a certain type of way, like ask the questions. Cause I want to talk about it. I just don't know. Like if you, if you're in a spot where you want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's been really good about like asking the probing questions and, 
you know, a lot of it too, it's helped with the dogs, honestly, because whenever we go on dog walks, that's like where we hash things out and mm-hmm. we've got a couple of miles to talk about things and work through things. And so I think, again, it circles back to whenever I got Leo and we were learning about my ticks and everything else, that's whenever he really learned a lot about it. And, you know, he's super supportive, you know, if something's going on and I'm getting a little too overstressed and overworked, he, you know, will remind me like, it's okay to take a step back or like, let's go do something that like soothes you, comforts you, whether it's, you know, going to get my nails done because I feel better whenever my nails are done or something like that, or, you know, going on a trip where we can take the dogs and like go to the beach or some, you know, just something like take them to a nice park that has water in it because they love water you know, just finding those little things that are calming and make you happy. And so he's been really good about growing with me in that because he's been with me before I was like officially diagnosed. And then he's grown with me through that diagnosis and learned again, just, I say how to control me, but that's, that sounds bad. That's not what I mean, (laughs) how to work with me through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to put it too is like you have to communicate because anyone going through anything, I mean, even if it's like not anxiety, but you're going through something else, like your partner does not know, like as well as they know you, you know, they cannot read your mind and they, you you know, you need to have those conversations of like how they can assist you and how you can assist them in those times. And I've learned that as well, like having to communicate, like I'm just anxious right now has nothing to do with you because sometimes it can come out as like, you're you know aggravated with them or like you're irritated at them but you're like no 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 this is a me thing like yes this is nothing yes. to do with you so I think just overly communicating I mean we talk about that all the time on this podcast but I swear communication is like number one oh, it's, it's it's the most important thing I think just in every aspect and people think that like oh I'm a good communicator you're probably not. You still probably need to over-communicate. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things, though. I feel like it's constantly, constantly having to work on it. Mm-hmm. So you, once you think, like, what you're saying, you get to a good place, it's like, nope, there's other places you can grow into. Yeah. But we appreciate you sharing um, your heart and being very vulnerable and telling the audience because we always think it's so inspiring to hear those things because it does not define who you are. It is just a part of you, like I said earlier, and just that leadership of you being involved in all these things and just living your life still is um, super inspiring. And so we do have one more question. We ask this on every single one of our episodes. If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now, what would you say? Uh, I would say, uh, get ready. <laughs> it's going to be a ride. not like in a negative connotation, but just, like, it's going to be a ride. There's going to be so many twists and turns and ups and downs. So I would just say to my younger self, be where your feet are and enjoy the present moment because you never know when it's going to change. And you never know whenever these other great opportunities are going to arise. Like I, where I'm at right now, like I don't want athletes unlimited to end. So I'm just really trying to enjoy this season of life. And then, then, you know, it's like we go into football games and you can just so easily get ahead of yourself. So, and I do that, you know, that's, that's also my anxiety talking mm-hmm. is where I get ahead of everything. I would just tell my younger self, you know, be where your feet are and enjoy every moment. Even if it's bad, you know, it's okay to embrace the negative and, you know, fight through it, live through it. The more you try to deflect it, the longer it lasts. So just embracing 
whatever season of life that you're in. Mm -hmm. Love that. Love that. Thank you so much again for being on the pod and, you know, talking to us all about softball, football, all the things. We really appreciate having you on. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast for the latest updates. If you've enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.